The Bostonian versus the book is being brought to you by our friends at MalinLabeCigars.com. Malinlabe cigars are premium cigars. Each cigar is a true Puro, 100% organic Cuban leaf binder and filler cigar with a 15 Habano wrapper. These cigars are always produced in small batches, and once they are gone, they're gone. Right now, as an introductory offer to the brigade, Malinlabe has a four-pack cigar sampler assortment on sale for just $75. All four are premium cigars that are sure to define the luxury experience you would come to expect. Malinlabe also offers for single barrel bourbon maple whiskey and amazing coffee that can be combined to make a wonderful gift box if a brigade member buys a set cigars, coffee, and whiskey. Mall and Labe will include whiskey glasses, coffee mugs, and a decorative ashtray to complete the experience. Log on to mallandlabecigars.com. That's M-O-L-O-N-L-A-B-E cigars.com. Or check out the link on the BVB Discord channel at bvbshow.com. Mall and Labe Cigars, the premium cigar for those with discerning tastes. The Bostonian is Matt Perrault. This is our f- city. The book is Dave Sherapan. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Together, they are the Bostonian versus the book. You covered! You covered 12! Covered. Follow the show on Twitter at Boston versus the book. How do you like them, Matt? Bringing you the best insight on sports betting news, Matt and Dave's daily picks, and an entertaining and unfiltered dive into the sports betting industry. Here's Dave Sherapan and Matt Peralt. And here we go. What's up, everybody? How are you? Welcome into what used to be the start time for the Bostonian versus the book. This is an earlier than normal. Kind of a throwback day for us here. Dave, last day in Arizona. Matt Perrault, Dave Sherapin, BVB, at Boston versus Book on Twitter and YouTube live. Sports Grid on the replay. Weather is gorgeous. Back to the pool shot, Dave, I see. How are you on this Wednesday? Yeah, we got some feedback from some people. And again, thank you for watching the show. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Uh, people said, where's the pool? Yesterday, they looked at the cactus. They looked at the golf course. They said, you want to see the pool if you're staying? Today's the last day I'm here. Travel day is interesting. I'll get to that in a second. Okay. I'm really glad to be outside because trying to get all the women together, packed up, ready to go, not the easiest thing in the world. Throw in, hey, I got to talk to P. Ralt and do a show before we get on the road. Let's just say they were mother and both of us, okay? But we're yeah. used to it. We're yeah. good. Yeah, and it's fine. So, we're lucky to so, be here, so guys. So just FYI, say thank you to Jessica for saying yes to this show because she wasn't. I could tell that this is when you said, "Hey, could you do the show earlier?" I was like, "Uh oh!" I was like, "She wants to go. She wants to drive. <laughs> she doesn't want to hang around until you know twelve thirty, one o'clock, whatever. She wants to get the hell out of there." And I don't blame her. Yeah. I mean, that's it's a four hour drive. You guys got ahead of you to head on back up to Vegas. But I mean, the weather is absolutely ridiculous when you guys come back. It's eighty six degrees today. So really, it is, yeah, it is absolutely perfect i mean my run today was amazing in 71 degree temperatures like this has been the most incredible month of june i don't know why i picked to do the hard 75 during this period of time but it should be 100 degrees in the morning it should be blisteringly hot yeah it's the universe right yeah (laughs) just kind of everything's kind of work out you don't know why you do them when you do them you know this has been one of those trips we had eight of the ten Sherapan nieces and nephews that my dad and mom, you know, created with the five of us. Yeah. And everybody's been together. It's been very loud. It's been very um, rambunctious, 
There's boys, there's girls, there's every age between 19 and nine, almost every number in between. Um, it's great to see everybody. Don't get me wrong. We had Brother Doug on the show. We had Nephew Crosby on the show. It'd be good to hug him and say, we'll see you later <laughs> and get on the road. Do you have uh, quiet. Do you have a night limit? Like when you start to get antsy, you start to get a little, because I do. I'm a four night guy. Once I get to night five, I really have a problem. And this is the trip coming up is seven nights and I'm five, six, seven. I'm going to be a mess. I'm going to want to get on a plane and go home. I don't have a particular. No, I, mean, I don't like because- five days. I don't like being gone for more than five days. It's just one of those weird things. I always put myself into the spot and I was going to come back before the 4th of July, but coming to Vegas, the flights before the 4th were astronomical. So okay. coming back on the 5th was dramatically cheaper to fly back on July 5th to Vegas than to fly in on July 3rd to Vegas. So I had to stay till after the 4th. July 5th sounds like a perfect day to fly to Vegas and sign up for a football contest it, and reach out to the Brigade Roxon Service. Good job that there. Like a, that sounds like a perfect day because <laughs> flights to Vegas are expensive. Yeah. I don't know about days. I mean, like, I'm good. I'm a nomad. If if I'm hanging and got stuff, to, I'll find stuff to do. I found people to talk to anywhere I go. <laughs> That's true. Last Two years ago, we went to Brother Dan's house just to go to a Phillies game and play a softball tournament. We ended up staying back east for three weeks. My wife was like, are you ever coming back? I said, well, no, we're making new contacts and we're doing a lot of things. So, no. Uh, so I'm good with kind of rolling with it. I don't know, man. You might be. But you get around all the family and all that stuff. With it. Like, you might be under five days before you're ready to. That happened, but I mean, we're, we're, we're breaking up the trip. So like I'm spending three days in Boston and then four days in Maine and then two and a half days in Boston. So I'm breaking it up a little bit. That'll make it, that'll make it easier because it's a change of scenery. I just don't like being in my mom's house. Like it gets my my stepdad and I can tend to grate on each other and we can start to get annoyed. We're around each other a lot. And like, so it's sort of one of those things where it's, you know, I, I tend to like my own space. I tend to like my own time and I get a little frustrated. I get a little you know, annoyed and I want to get on a plane and go home. Like I just, I like things the way I like things. So, and I'm the same way on vacation when I'm on in hotel rooms or whatever. It's just like, I'm a routine type of guy. So when I get really out of my routine, I can do the R and R thing for you know three to four days. But then when you get to day five, day six, I start to go, okay, let's go back. Like I like my life. I like my job because people who hate their life and hate their job, vacation is the greatest thing in the world. Right. Well, we're fortunate enough that we don't really work. <laughs> you know, we, we don't, we don't have jobs the way everyone else's jobs. Right. We get to do this every day. We get to have conversations and we get to do podcasts and appearances and stuff like that. So it makes it more like, Oh man, I missed that. I want to go back to my job. <laughs> right. So that's, that's where I, I kind of get into it. We had, we had a table yesterday, uh, at the, I think it was called the mellow mushroom. Um, really? <laughs> yeah, that's what it was called. That's that's the name of the place, pizza place. And um, there were eight kids and eight adults, 16 at the table. Yeah. I actually got up and they said, Daddy, where are you going? Well, my one daughter, Kelsey said, I said, go for a walk. Why? I'm, I just need to go for a walk. Like, because it was just the noise, the 18 conversations that were going on. I went outside and walked around Desert Ridge just to quiet. It, it, you talk about it hitting you. 
Yes. It hit me at that table after about two and a half hours. They're like, what's wrong? I'm like, nothing. Nothing's wrong. But nothing's, <laughs> but I'll be back. Where are you going? I don't know. <laughs> and I went for a walk. So yeah. I understand your point. Yeah. You now have an excuse. You can go for a run. Oh yeah. I, say, I gotta yeah, go for a run. Well, I'm doing uh, that. Yeah. That, 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 that'll be a, a morning. I'm actually kind of excited to run at sea level to see what that's going to feel like. So after two months of running at right altitude, what's it like to run at sea level? So that's going to be fun to check that out, but I'm, I'm more excited to eat. Like I'm counting it down. Like when I start, when my mind starts getting angry with me about like, I'm sore, I don't want to do this. I just start thinking about food. <laughs> I'm like, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. Like we're, we're so close to getting to eat what I want to eat. And I just, cannot wait to eat what I want to eat. It's just, I'm going to, I'm going to come back like five pounds heavier and I'm totally fine with it. I'm just going to right. absolutely eat and drink as much as I possibly can for a week. Like absolutely seafood, eat my weight in seafood. I, I can't wait. But speaking well, of my home picture of you last night, which so one? I the sign up. Oh yeah. We'll and, put that on the screen. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, your family's going to be like, are you okay? They're going to ask. <laughs> No, they ask. know. They've no, seen no, me I lighter. Know, gonna, I know, they, but I they haven't seen is, me this. They haven't seen me no. this toned. But they, they, they they've no, seen me this yeah. light. Like I, I've lost yeah. this much weight. Like I weigh two hundred and four pounds today. So right. I started sixty four days ago at two seventeen. So, yeah. but All the right. muscle weight is the difference. I've put on a yeah. lot of muscle since, yeah. since since I started doing this. So it's been yeah. it's been it's been a lot of fun. But we'll put the picture up here in in a second. But speaking of my home state, we're only talking about this because it's. This is one of my greatest fears ever, and it's happening off the coast of my home state. So I figured we'd talk mm. about it because everybody else is talking about it. Yeah. There is a submarine that was $250,000 a pop to get into. The third time it has gone to the Titanic. Well, they don't know where it is. There are multiple billionaires who are on this thing. There's the founder of the company who is on this thing. And... They had 96 hours of oxygen when they went down. They believe that they are dealing with anywhere from 10 to 14, as of right now, 10 to 14 hours of oxygen. And there are reports that they are hearing SOS being banged on the side of the submarine. Oh. People have been kind of mean about this. I, look, going to see the Titanic, I don't have an interest it's a tomb I, I i don't really need to go down underwater but this is my nightmare are you at all claustrophobic um i mean no i i feel like i've grown up and been in some tight spaces but i don't like it who likes being in tight spaces i i really don't like it at all like when the idea of getting caught you don't like, even sometimes being like around like four people I don't like, I don't like being in, I don't like being confined in any way. Like going to sporting events. I don't like being in the middle row of like a 20 row seat. I don't like being in the middle going to a concert. I don't like being in the middle. I don't like being in the middle seat on airplanes. I don't like, uh, on elevators. If the elevator ever, ever stops. And I think about being stuck in an elevator, it like my alarm bells start like going off like really, really loudly. I really don't like this. So when I started looking around on this story, I was like, Come on, man. Five people are on this vessel called the Titan. There are multiple people who have a lot of experience, but they're 900 nautical miles east of Cape Cod trying to find this. Five people, $250,000. And supposedly this thing has all sorts of like safety violations and like all sorts of things that were not 
up to snuff by any means. How would you feel about being trapped in a submarine underwater for multiple days with no food? I'd be really mad at myself for making a decision to get on the damn thing. I agree. All right. You told me it was, I, it was $250,000 to take this. Like yep. I've seen people bet bad football teams for that amount of money. <laughs> and I wonder, what are you doing? Right. Questioning your decisions. I'm going to pay 250000 to get on a sub with a guy driving that I'm not sure about. We're going down to way low. We only got so much oxygen in case something goes wrong. I'd rather buy a nice chalet somewhere right. and, and, and come and go as I please. Like, I'd rather do anything with $250,000 than go see the Titanic at the bottom of the ocean. What the Titanic the is, is 12, that the Titanic is 12,500 feet down. This sub could go through uh, 13,100 feet down, but the pressure down there is insane. Like if you have any issues, this is why I don't think they're alive. Everybody thinks they're alive. I don't think they're alive. I, I, I think they're, they're all gonzo. It would be incredible if it, and I hope they do all survive. And I hope this banging is something, but the PSI down there is incredible. And if you have any structural issues with that sub, you get scrunched like a can. And that's it. When you fly, you know, your ears, sometimes when you're driving from here to Vegas or Vegas, right. you get that ear thing where the Pop, pressure. Yep. Pop. I don't like that. <laughs> Going on a sub is on my never to do list. Never. I don't, I don't know if it's ever, on my never to do list, but it's definitely one of those things. So, like, I, I was going to ask you this question: Would you rather go to the moon or the bottom of the ocean? Because they're both very similar situations in terms of you can't be outside, the pressure is there, you can't breathe. Which one would you rather do? Moon minus fifty thousand, <laughs> even with the rocket ship going up. I'd rather go up than down. I mean, I think that's when I look at it like that. I don't want to. What in the hell? You walked in water. Like, I don't want to see what's down there. Like, I like to go. I've gone snorkeling. It's fascinating. You know, Okay. I've never been scuba diving. Right. I, I could learn how to do it because I like to swim and I like to be under there in their environment in yeah. peace and quiet. I don't need to go down low where it could go so low and never come up again. I'd yeah. To, to me. up. I would really? want to be at a depth. I'd want to be at a depth that would allow me to, if it ever did come to it, I could sure. get out. Right. Yeah, I could get, I could get out. So like, I don't mind. I would go under, I would go in a sub as long as it wasn't diving to depths that were so deep that I'm dead. If I go outside, like if I think opens up, I die. You do die. If you go outside in space, Like there is no like in between right. when it comes in space. So I think I'm more fascinated about, the space about about the, the space above us, like the moon and the stars and the other planets. Yeah. But we know so little about the ocean. It's we're talking about the alien thing. Like that's I think if there are aliens on the planet, I think that's where they live. They live in the ocean, in the ocean. down, 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 down. Yeah. Like way down where we can't go. They have the technology or their bodies can adapt to it or whatever it is. And they can live down there. I don't believe like aliens are walking around us. But if there is life from other planets, it's in the ocean. It's down. And it's a good cop. This would be a good topic to have on the ride home. I'm going to ask all the kids this. 
kids, if you're up and you're watching the show, come over. I'd like to have you on the show today. But um, what do you think more people will say? We'll ask the chat. If you guys are I think the moon. watching the chat. Moon or bottom yeah. of the ocean? I think moon. Let, less people have gone to the moon than bottom of the ocean. So it's a more unique experience. I mean, it's more expensive. It's why SpaceX was created. They're going to have tourism to space. Like this is all, you know, this is part of this new era where I have so much money. I don't know what I'm doing, going to do with it. So I'll buy experiences that nobody else can afford. So I'll go see the Titanic. I'll go to the, you know, soon we're going to go to the moon. Like the moon's going to be a, a vacation. The moon is going to be a vacation. What did yeah. you guys do this summer? We went to the, <laughs> to the moon. moon. Yes. <laughs> That's what's going to be part and of it. How much is that going to cost? Um, I think you can buy. I think Elon Musk is selling tickets on you go up and you orbit this orbit the 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 planet. I think that's like a quarter of a million and they're building trips to the moon. And it's like a million or so to go to the moon. I was pissed off about paying for lunch over at the JW. <laughs> We got a club sandwich and a couple burgers. It was 150 bucks, and I was like, "Wow, mad about that." 250 to go to the moon, and then you come back and you tell everybody you went to the moon. They're like, "Ah, come on, you did not." No, I did. Look, I got pictures. We're in a right. spacesuit. Like, yep. what? This is what we're. This is really happening. This is really happening. Yeah, this is really. I mean, this is where. Now, I mean, this is how the guy created the company to go down to the Titanic because he saw what was happening with space. And he said, all right, I'm a sub guy. I know how to build a sub. Let's do this. This is the third time he went down to the Titanic, which, by the way, needs to be talked about because it's a tomb. Like the moon's not a tomb. Like, <laughs> it, 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 people, thousands of people died. And now we're going to go yeah. look around a graveyard and like gawk at it. Like, it's just, it's, it's always been a little awkward whenever people are like, you know, let's go look at the Titanic. Like, well, well, like people died. Like, this is like, it's one of yeah. the worst tragedies in us in, 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 in the world in history about people coming over from, from Europe to, you know, trying to come here to America. Have you ever been on a sub, a like submarine San Diego? Yeah. Have you ever been on, have you ever gone on, on like and explored one? No, I don't think I, okay. I, I mean, I, I've snorkeled. I've been underwater. I've been in like underwater. I've been in boats where I've yeah. been underwater. Right. Like the, 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 the boat goes down and I've been in the hull of the boat, but yeah, I haven't yeah, actually yeah. been in a sub now. So in San Diego, there's a great, I mean, you know, I remember walking through a sub. I don't know the name of it. And I apologize, right. but we were there. Oh, you mean like on dry land sub? No. Yeah. Like, Oh, I've been on a dry land sub. Yes. I think yeah. like going in a sub. I've gone like no, to like wreckages toward- or old, old retired, Right. Submarines. Yes, 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 yes. I've been there. Yes. It's it's a claustrophobic. It's tight. That's my point. Five people for multiple days. I don't know what I mean. While you start to have massive panic attacks, you have massive problems. You need someone to stay calm. You've got guys who have more money than anything. All of a sudden realizing their lives are going to end 12,000 feet under the, you know, under the ocean. Yeah. It, it sucks. I mean, that's, I can't uh, even uh, rem- begin. And there's no food. Like you got to be out of water. I mean, how much water did you bring down there? A day's worth of water. So no food, no water. And you're hoping to conserve energy. And the more nervous you get, the faster you breathe, the more excited you get, the faster you breathe and you take up more oxygen. So like it's bad, bad. I don't, I, I don't particularly think this is going to end happily to be, I mean, I, it's my read on it. I could be wrong, but right. I'm like, 
these people are all gone, right? I mean, the stepdad, I mean, the, the, the big other story that's kind of being thrown around is that one of the guy's stepkids, one of the billionaire's stepchildren, went to a Blink-182 concert two nights ago and took a picture and said, my family would want me to be at the Blink-182 concert. So everyone's saying, you're counting your inheritance before the guy's even officially dead. Oh, <laughs> Like you're out at a concert taking pictures and posting it on social media saying my my family would want me to be at a Blink-182 concert? Like, wait, what? <laughs> I think he might have buried the lead who was doing at the Blink-182 concert. Here. I, yeah, I don't know. He's like a, like a, like a 35-year-old guy, so maybe you know, okay. some, some nostalgia. Right. People are going, I mean, I, I told the story about me and Blink back in, back in college, so I, I would go see Blink-182 just for the nostalgia point of it. Right. First ever band I interviewed when I was a sophomore in college. So I remember that. Yeah, it's great a, story. <laughs> so I, I, I would go. <laughs> if it, if it, in the chat, if you guys see any news about this, pass it along because Please. I would love to see it because we're literally counting down the hours for these people. So <laughs> Chef Benning says, I would pick to go to the moon. The aliens are in the ocean. See? <laughs> <laughs> I would agree. <laughs> I think the aliens are in the ocean. <laughs> I think that's that, that that that's a fair point. All right, let's talk about what happened last night. And we'll start with the Rangers losing on a blocking the plate call that even the White Sox broadcasters were like, wait, what did they call? Tie game. You lose on this call. You made a point that this is something happens in softball all the time. I saw your tweet yeah. on this. This is a softball yeah. story. Well, no, this is obstruction right? and making home plate safer for everybody. Okay. Has been, I almost got exited from a park at a tournament because our catcher made that exact play that that catcher made last night. Okay. And the base hump came in and held the arm up and said that was obstruction. I said, um, there's no way that was obstruction. She fielded the ball and did a swipe tag and the whole back end of the plate was available. I said she was not anywhere close to blocking that. And we went back and forth. And he, I said, you're, you're misinterpreting the rule. Oh. So this has been going on for a couple years now within, you know, just baseball or softball period because they have to make it safe. We don't want any more Buster Posey's getting yep. their knees ripped out. Right. Okay. I get that. You can't just run 100% full steam ahead and barrel over a catcher. But the ump on the field last night, they called it safe. Chicago called it correctly. They called it safe. And he was overruled, which caused Bruce Bochy, the manager for the Rangers to call it one of the absolute worst calls I've ever seen. And that guy's seen a few in his day. And he got run and Bruce Bochy can't walk all that well. So to have him walk out there and, and to get tossed was a scene. I love Bruce Bochy, period. I mean, apparently his head size is eight. You know, oh, my. The biggest head um, <laughs> in baseball. He's a veteran manager. He don't say much, but when he says something, it carries weight, right? Yep. 100%. What? is the purpose. I mean, the discussion is about, yes, blocking the plate in the call, but the bigger discussion of why we put it um, on the rundown, I knew you would do it. That's why I sent you that thing last night, but what are we doing with the replay? Mm -hmm. Like, 
what in the hell? We got the call right. It's bad enough when they get the call wrong, they replay it, and they back the guy on the field and keep the call wrong. That's yeah, but- right. He got the call right. <laughs> and then overruled it. What are we doing? He said, it's Bucci, Bucci said, it's absolutely one of the worst calls I've ever seen, and it was done with replay. I just don't get it. I don't get how many times they'll try to explain it. You can't do that in that situation. It's a shame. It's embarrassing, really. There was never any contact with the catcher. It was a sweep tag. I don't get it. I really don't. Again, I'm shocked. Jonah, Jonah Hind, the catcher, did a great job there. The throw took him to the left a little bit. Sweep tag. I'm lost on this one. That's a tough one to take. They lost the game seven to six. It cost them the game. Yeah. Which, I mean, when a call just costs you a run, that's one thing. It cost them the game because of when it happened. Um, and immediately, you know what the, the gambling social media does. But they turn it into, look at this. They wanted them to win. They did this. They did that. We're opening a ballpark across town in Wrigley Field in a week. It's too close for comfort when you start to get these calls like this, is it not? I don't I mean nothing gambling wise popped in my brain nefariously, other than if you had the Rangers money line, I felt for you. That was the only, that was the only thing that I mean. I, I don't think it was a nefarious call. I just think it was a it was a dumb interpretation of the rule by replay, and it made no sense. And the replay official is going to have to justify it and going to have to show why they ruled it the way they ruled it because the guy on the field had the call right. Like part of the problem with replay is that the umpires oftentimes are afraid to make calls because they know they've got backups. So if they get it wrong, they got backup. This was the reverse. This was the umpire making the correct call on the field. And then somebody getting then challenging it, going back to replay and replay saying, yeah, sorry, that's the wrong call. That was blocking the plate. Count the run. He's safe. That's the problem that like that normally doesn't happen the way that it's not supposed to go like that. You're not supposed to overrule the call on the field unless there is clear evidence. And I don't know how in the world you look at that and say, okay, that plate was being blocked. And thus we have to go ahead and award the run. You saw it. I watched it. I don't know how many times I'm doing it like with my wife and she's tired and she's like, would you stop? I don't really care. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm rewinding and I'm going, watch the catcher. He puts his foot on a part of the plate on purpose to allow, because you used to teach the catcher to put their foot on the side of the plate and their shin guard would yeah, block. I was, I was taught to, to drop. Yeah. That's how I was taught. I was drop taught to drop, knee. catch it, drop the knee right down and essentially square yourself up. So if they're going to have to score, they're going through you. Like that's okay. how I, that's how I was taught. And I was taught when you see the knee get dropped down, sorry, will blow the guy the fuck up. <laughs> Like that, that they, I mean, that's how, that's how I was taught. That's why I've been playing baseball. If the ball, if you see the ball beat you and that knee comes down and hits, light them up, like straight up, drop oh. your shoulder and light them up. That was how I was taught. Yeah. I, I, I was a catcher. So I, I got it on both sides, but that's the game. I liked that about the game. That was fun. That was the one time baseball felt like football. You just go ahead and you run right through the guy. I loved it because I did it the other way. Cause I had two things when I was, when I was playing, I had two crazy. I wish we had, YouTube and, and video when I was playing because I jumped over a catcher once. Okay. And I, I, and I came back and I, and, and, and did you I, make I, it? Were you yeah. safe? 
And I was safe. And okay. I did the same and I did the same thing on second base. When I jumped, I jumped over a second baseman when I was trying to trying to do trying to steal second. I jumped over a guy. Oh. Oh, the kid's having a problem, huh? Whoa. <laughs> kid okay. Oh, the squeal. And the That's time I jumped, yeah. I jumped over the uh, the second baseman that I felt bad. The kid was crying. He was so embarrassed by the thing. He started crying, <laughs> but the home plate one, like that, that was always a real, that's, I, I love places the plate. Like that's the one thing where everyone stands up in the ballpark. You see the ball coming in. I loved as a center fielder. I love going parallel to the ground, get that crow hop going and you throw it all your might and you go parallel and you're, you're laying there on the ground waiting to see if the catcher's got it. You know, that, that one hop right into the glove. And that oh, bang bang play. That's one of the best plays in, in the sport. And now we're trying to do what to it? Kill all of it? I mean, that's I don't know. I know it stinks when a player gets hurt, but that's part of it. Buster Posey was one guy. It was, but he was one of the best players. And that guy shredded his knee and oh, I mean that's on Buster to move out of the way. Yes. I think a little bit, but I don't know. Youth, I, I like it, I don't want no 14 year olds running over no other 14 year olds. Oh, it, it happened. I do. When, like, <laughs> I like it happened. It. Let's go. With, I like it. With Kelsey once, she right. got trucked. I yep. mean, and we had a teacher like, look, if that ever happens again, if you deliver the blow. Right. And, you know, as the catcher, you deliver the blow when you get yeah, the ball. I was you don't have the ball. You're the get ball. Out of the you, way. you grab the ball, hold your glove. So you have the ball in your hand. You hold the glove over and the top of your hand the with the ball ball in your hand, drop the knee. And when they come at you, bang, <laughs> you hit, yeah. you, you smack them with the glove in their yeah. face. And you, I, I don't know. I I'm 46. The whole world's totally different than for me anymore. Everything's I think, different. I think that's awesome. I think that's absolutely a play that should be in sports because it's a rarity. Kid gets hurt. Kid gets hurt. Okay. Like, okay. You're playing a contact sport. It's the softball and baseball is not a contact. It sport. is. It can be. It's sure. It can not, be. It's yes. not. It can be. It's one of the well, best now, plays in sports is that is. home on plate. On professional level, that's fine. Oh, but no. I think on every sports, level. I'm, I'm, I'm good with you, it. You can't level. have kids running over kids because then dads get involved. The moms get involved. Everybody well, wants to fight. And you know and, what? That's the problem with society. Okay. Is that mom and dad ruin everything because mom and dad just don't see it for what it really is. My kid got hit. Yeah. Is he okay? Yeah. Learned a lesson. Sure. Excuse. Bless you. Yeah. We, I mean, we are trying so hard to keep our kids from failure. I just, it drives me crazy. Like failure is such a beautiful thing. Losing is such a beautiful thing. Drives me nuts. You have to lose. You got to get hit. You got to get bloodied. You got to get hurt. You learn in that moment. You don't do that again. Stick your hand in the oven. Won't do that again. Right. We're all all yeah. lessons in life that we just we were trying to placate by sticking these pillows around our kids at all times. I want to I don't want my daughter to get hurt ever seriously, but I want her to get hurt in some ways, physically, emotionally. You'll learn when that happens. As a parent, <laughs> you got to let that happen. I can tell you this, after the first time, the only time that Kelsey got trucked at home plate. Yep. She never got trucked again. And she delivered a couple blows right. a couple times settled all discussions and the ump looked at the, you know because the other team was like oh that was this and the ump went what do you want her to do right. she's out you know <laughs> Kelsey come in and I give her a fist bump I'm like you good she's like I'm good I said okay now you know sometimes you got to get punched in the face to learn how to play defense and hit back uh-huh. I mean, Jokic said it uh, 
after the after the NBA Finals, right? The process you learn to lose, then you you lose, then you learn to lose, then you right. try again and you fail, and then when you fail, you get better and you practice, and then maybe you win. That's yeah. life. Like, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's if, if I could, I mean, anyone ever listens to this show, the thing that I would love if I ever like, what's your platform to stand upon is that losing is beautiful. It's a beautiful right. thing. You, you, you use it for a weapon. You use it for motivation. You use it for energy to keep yourself going, burn that fire that losing brings to you because it sucks. And the idea that we're going to keep people from it. And that's going to make a better society or that's going to make a better life for a child is complete nonsense. It is absolute baloney. Now, look at you. Okay to lose. Yes. You learn. Everybody wins. You have to lose to learn how to win. And that makes the winning so much better. It makes it taste so much sweeter. I mean, look, the best line McGregor, Conor McGregor is a very interesting dude. He's got a very tough life at the moment. He's doing a lot of stupid stuff in his world, but you either win or you learn is maybe the best line I've ever heard someone say in sports. Oh, I like it. I like it a lot. I, I like love it. that line. You like either it. win or you learn. And I love right. that because that's so true. Cause you learn nothing when you win nothing. All it does is feel good. You lose. You go back to the drawing board. You start to analyze, you start to look at what happened. Why did I make that decision? What could I do differently next time? How do I get better? What do I get to work on? And hopefully you have people around you that can help you see that because oftentimes you're blinded by the anger, pain, suffering, stress, whatever it might be, anxiety that comes with it. But man, is it a beautiful thing. It can be just, it can be absolutely beautiful. But right now with involving this call, it brought awful, (laughs) just absolutely awful what happened last night. And baseball has got to be very careful with it. Can't Can't have replay like this. You can't. You can't have replay be the problem. Replay needs to be the solution. You talk about losing. They're losing that battle a lot of times when this happens. And immediately somebody goes, ah, they're not even using a replay right. It's a work in progress. It's better now than it was. It just, if you're going to use it, you can't miss. This was a miss. (laughs) Chris Covey just said, since when does this show start on time? (laughs) That's great. Well, Appreciate it. Catch up. Thank you. It, 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 it happened. All right. Your pirates are playing right now. They're losing. Yeah, They've lost course. eight straight games. What do we do here? How do we, how do we break this? Um, I, faded, I faded your team today because of both, both sure. thoughts, bet the streak, bet the sweep. Yeah. All <laughs> of it. And, and um, I mean, they can't, hit or score. They got shut out again yesterday. They scored one runs today. <laughs> they got one run. Oh, three right, to one. So we're off the schneid there. Yeah. Um, it, oh, no, no. It's five is, to one now. Oh, no. Five one Cubs. Keep betting. You've got to keep betting the streak. This one yeah. they run into. They go to Miami. They go oh, to my. Miami next. So this is this is a four-game set in Miami. Um, you know, we'll continue to talk about them. I don't know. This is one of those ones. I'm going to call up Davis. I'm going to try to add more power to the lineup. How about some base hits? Like this is just—it's bad. It's bad, bad. This is one of those stretches where, again, we knew April was above expectations. This is falling deeper and deeper down. I'm dropping in the wild card standings. It was a fun run to be near the top, and now I'm going. Oh no! Like, yeah. We got a worse record than the Red Sox. Now we got a worse. 
I'm going to have to hear about this. My little my little run with a Pittsburgh team is gone. Um, uh, what do you uh, did you have when you were playing? Did you have any slump busters or anything superstitions to get ooh. out of? Ooh. Get out of a, a bad streak. Uh, no, I was so myopic with like I mean when I pitched, it was just the inning by inning. When mm-hmm. I played. In the field, it was just at bat by at bat. And like I tried to coach the kids that way too. Even hockey, it was shift by shift. Just win the shift. We win a more shifts than them. We win a period. We win more periods than them. We're going to win a game. So it was weird. And I don't know why I did that when I was young. So I didn't really have slump busters. Why? You got a, you got a good slump buster? You got no, I never did either. I mean, I, I always, like, I, I wasn't able to look at the big picture in that way. Like for me, baseball wise, it was always, well, I'll snap out of it. Well, I'll snap out of it. I always, I always had the confidence that it was going to end. Like I knew this was not going to be continuing, but when my team was losing a lot and it wasn't just me personally, I didn't know. I I was always like trying to motivate in some form or fashion. Like I was always trying to be positive, but oftentimes it didn't really pan out that way. Right. I was the rah rah guy. I was like, let's go. We can get him again. Don't worry about it. Shake it off. Like I was that kid, yes. but like you'd be down three, nothing or four, nothing, whatever. It's kind of like, okay. At some point people were like, we're getting our asses kicked. Stop talking. Like <laughs> we lost. We once, uh, we went to California once with the kids and we played, uh, friendless three games, mm. Saturday, three games, Sunday and drove home. We didn't score a run. Oh, the entire six games. We got smoked in a couple. A couple we were competitive, lose two nothing, three nothing. Right. One game we lost fifteen nothing. You know, had to stop and stepping off the bases. And we got the practice, and I said, you know, we, we always had a what was uh, you know the best thing about the weekend kind of thing. We would call the kids up and let them each say one thing, right? That you know the weekend in review, and. Um, my, you know, they were like, Coach Day, what's your what's your best part about the weekend? I said, then it's over. It's done. <laughs> I said, I said, it's forget about it. And one of the kids said, Let's flush it down the toilet. Oh. So that's what we did. We flushed oh, it. like that. And that was that was the expression. It's just like a really, you know, bad poop or yep. whatever. You wanna just flush it down, Be done. watch it swirl down the drain, and it's gone. And we got a new day. So I mean, because when you're trying to talk to like you know, we had 15 teenage girls. It was the end of the world when we had a weekend like that. Yeah. It's it's done. The ability to turn a loss and just go to the next day is, I mean, that's that's life, right? You're doing yeah. it every day. You have workout days that are, oh, yeah. that are bad oh. days, and you're like, man, I, I, I don't want to do this again. Get up the next day, you do it, you have the best workout you ever had. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that that's the one. I mean, my legs on certain days have been absolutely shredded. Like I've just, I, I haven't been able to run. Like I, I would run, I run for six straight. I've learned that after six straight days of running, the seventh day, my legs are like, yeah, uh, uh-uh. uh, I don't care how how much your mind says you want to do it, we ain't doing it. Like we're we're walking. Like it's we're walking the three miles today. We're not running the three miles today. Right. So I've learned, I've learned that, and maybe that's just me being forty six and now getting up in age and my body. Yeah. Not being able to handle the same that it used to. And, and I, I mean, I'm not trying to kill myself here, so I'm trying to you know, be able to keep going over every day. Can you so. imagine training for a half marathon or a marathon? Yeah, I could. I don't think like I'll, I'll need, running, I'll need something, but like, so I, I, I run like nine and a half minute miles. So put, put it at 10 for fun. Yeah. Right. So if I'm running right. a half marathon, 
I I'm running for 12. I'm running for an hour and 20 hour and 30 minutes, like 90 minutes of running. I don't have that time during the day to do that. Like that's, <laughs> that's a lot. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, How I would think, you go 90 minutes of running and not tweeting or, or answering a text? That's right not why well, I, I mean, we're doing like, well, I mean, we're literally getting that's not hard. I mean, I get, as I said, I told you, I, I, have, I have notifications in my head. So someone texts me, tweets, notifications, it all gets read to me in my ear. So I get it I'm all. I'm never doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm never doing it. My when I'm, when I'm running, I get I'm everything when I'm running. So like oh. if, it, if I have to stop, oh. I can stop and answer something if I need to. But that's not my concern. My concern is just the actual doing it for that long, for 90 minutes running for that long does not sound entertaining. I may go and do a 10K. Like I run a 5K every day, basically 3.1 miles. So now it's 6.2 is a 10K. So I might do that. I might train train for a 10K because there's the rock and roll marathon that has a 10K yep. before it. Yep. So I might I might do that. That's at the end of the year. That's in December. So I I, I might go and run 6.2. I could see myself training for that. I don't think I see myself training for 12 and a half. And <laughs> it's funny because I'm hearing David Goggins in my head because there's literally a chapter in David Goggins' book when someone asks a guy who just did a running thing the same question. Goggins says, so what do you do next? And he was like, I don't know. I don't really want to do a half marathon. He goes, why not? And he goes, oh, I just don't. He goes, what? Why not? I don't want to have the time. That's not an excuse. That's stupid. You can do it. Do it. Like Goggins literally browbeats this guy into running a half marathon saying like, you're asking, you're checking out. So as you're saying that to me, I'm hearing the audio book in my head (laughs) when Goggins is is like, why not? Why can't you run a half marathon? Why don't you want to run a half? You could do it if you Uh, wanted. Go do it. So I don't want to do it, but I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'll figure. All I know is I just need to get to the 29th. I get to the 29th, and I'm a happy person. I just need to right. June 29th. We're down the stretch. We're eight days away from this thing being done, and I will have completed 75 days of kicking my own ass. So we're we're getting close. Uh, Tennessee sent Tennessee. Uh, sorry, LSU sent Tennessee home yesterday. So yep. I, I bet LSU the Vols. Uh, I, I had a future on the Vols, so I hedged on it. So I came out clean there. I have a future on LSU. They're yep. facing Wake tonight. Yep. Paul Skeens is their ace stud. Could be a could be a pirate. Could be the first pick right. in the draft. Do you throw him on three days rest, or you throw him tomorrow? Do or die tonight. LSU has to win today to beat Wake to to keep to stay alive. They, Wake wins. Know, they, have, they have to beat him today, twice. and then they have to beat him tomorrow. <laughs> but there is no tomorrow unless you win today. And I used to say this all the time when we had to beat a team twice. We got to play this game like it's our game, our last game. We'll figure out tomorrow, tomorrow. Right. I say to him, if you're ready to go, you're going. I give him the ball. I want my guy out there. I mean, if he tells me he's ready, he's ready. If he's not, we go with the next guy and say, listen, get Paul the ball. Can you steal steal three innings with the starter and then throw him and have him be there for the last six? Because it's minus 145 right now on Wake Forest. So the, the line tells me the books believe that somebody else is starting for Wake. Sorry, for LSU versus Wake. Yeah. I would guess someone else is starting too. That's like, I would make that line just like that. That's, I think, that's playing the defense that you have to play. Okay. And again, like, you know, I mean, I don't know. The guys in the room don't know. The books don't know. You're putting a lineup going. This is what we know. Put the lineup. Um, I would say to the kid, I would not start. I'd say, let's get Paul the ball. 
literally all day today. I'm like, let's get Paul. He tell the shortstop, hey, tell the pitcher, keep, keep him motivated. Let's get Paul the ball tomorrow. We get our guy, we get our spot with him on full rest. Now we got a real shot at winning, but we can't even do it unless we win today. I don't know. This is the fun of these tournaments. I love this double. Well, I mean, you have you have a legitimate ace, right? So you would assume games one, four, seven is when you throw in a seven game series. But it's the time frame between the games that really is the problem, because if you throw him, you're going to throw him, obviously, either one of these games, if not today, tomorrow, if LSU wins. You won't be able to use him until the third game of the College World Series. So, like your ace, this is where depth is such a big deal when it comes to these tournaments and what happens in Omaha is that you can't just have one stud pitcher. Now, LSU doesn't. They've got they've got multiple, but that one stud pitcher can get you to the championship round, but he may never pitch because you could lose two games and be done. There is no championship round if he does pitch or he doesn't pitch. So, (laughs) I mean, like it's. I, I think you go with the best guy you've got, the most healthy guy you've got, and we'll see. This has been a great college World Series, has it not? I mean, this has been rejuvenating for a lot of people that aren't watching anything. There's been no, you know, we got rid of the Stanley Cup. We got right. rid of the, the NBA Finals. It's pretty um, much the spotlight. It is the spotlight for college sports, and it's been great. Well, I think the difference this year versus other years, because I've been watching this thing every year since 2004, the number of major league ready, talented pitchers, this is hearkening people back. I've talked to people in Omaha, like they remember Roger Clemens pitching for Texas. Okay. They remember, they remember seeing Robin, uh, Robin Yount play. I think I forget. I think he might've played for Texas too, but they remember these like household names who went to the big leagues very quickly and became superstar, all-star hall of fame, caliber baseball players. The kids playing this year, Florida, LSU, Tennessee, and Wake Forest are loaded with major yeah. league ba- major league baseball prospects. So the the you know watching a kid throw a hundred miles per hour in college is exciting. Like that is ridiculous. <laughs> like you just don't see that very often. I think I think a lot of kids in certain situations are staying in college longer rather than going to the minor leagues, leaving early. Right. It's making college baseball elevate the talent. They're there on showcase yeah. now in Omaha. It's, yep. it's excellent. I remember, I mean, guys used to come right from Omaha next week. You'd see them in the big leagues. It wasn't all the time, but, but I it mean, did I happen. Yes, it, it did happen. You know, and Robin I think it's going to happen this year. Went right yeah. from Oklahoma State, right? Oh, that's right. what it was. Yeah, thank you. I knew yeah. where you, yeah. Well, no, that was Robert Ventura, but he went, he went literally right from Oklahoma State. You know, to the big leagues. I mean, there was just you saw it happen more often than not. So, oh yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's going to be. I mean, there's a kid. Wake Forest is a kid from my hometown. The kid from Duxbury, Mass, and a kid from Andover, Mass. And I was like, yeah. what the? So I asked. I was like, I asked on Twitter. I was like, why does Wake Forest have all these kids from Massachusetts? And somebody said it's their pitching lab. These kids are now being. They're looking at what Wake Forest has done. They've created this scientific pitching you know, platform where all these big arms are wanting to go to Wake Forest because of how they're looking at the biomechanics of pitching, how to, you know, why do kids get hurt all their time? They're out of whack, their elbows, their shoulders. So these kids with big arms are going to Wake Forest because it's keeping them healthier longer. And they're understanding their bodies and their delivery and the motion and the exercises needed to keep themselves going 
into professional baseball. It's wild. I mean, I was like, how? Not to mention, Wake Forest is a good school. Not it is a good school. It's a very good school. It's small school. You know, it's a very, it's, but it's, it's, I, right. I couldn't figure it out. Like I was like, wait, there's multiple kids from mass if who left New England. Kid, yes. If you get one kid that goes and believes and then he goes and sells the, the program, you can start pulling the best kids from a very probably baseball rich area. I told you, I met just in that pool right behind me. Met a guy yesterday named Dave Ammons who coached kids, played baseball with Ron Darling. Back in the day, was part of this team in New England that 16 kids were drafted into professional baseball from not far from the town you grew up in. And I was like, what did you guys do? He's like, we practiced in the gym in the winter. That's what we did. We just were really good. We had really good pitching. And well, now travel what, all over the what year was that? Do you know? Late seventies. Oh, okay. 80s. So now what they do is they have taken these converted old buildings in and around the Merrimack Valley, a lot of them in Lowell and in Lawrence, Mass, and they have created indoor baseball facilities. Like, oh, they're they're all over the place. I mean, there's a couple here in Vegas. I almost yeah. that was good. That was going to be my next career move after the book. Wow, one of these places because you know we're going to try to get people in and do all that stuff. They're unbelievable. They're yeah, fantastic. I mean, like, and they're it's, used 365. Yep, it's a mount that they have multiple mounds with guns yes. that, that, that are set up. They have multiple, a lot of them have like have really in depth like video camera systems that will go ahead and break down your pitching motion for you. But also, they've got batting cages and they've got the ability to watch your swing and swing planes and launch monitors and all this crap that's ridiculous now for indoor. Oh. And that's how they keep, you know, I mean, that's how Massachusetts produces a lot of really high talented baseball players because there's a monster commitment at the parent level to take these kids and have them be working on baseball year round. And it's the sport. I mean, it's that pocket of the country is still a gigantic producer of baseball talent just because of the commitment, like the South. It's all about football, right? They put all the parents, they put all the commitments, all the money into football academies and football camps. Well, the same thing happens, but it happens in the Northeast with baseball. Keeps yeah, alive. I mean, it's 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 happening in all different sports all over. It's it's it's. I just tweeted about that too this morning. The cost is prohibitive. It's 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 crazy. Uh, Mahaffey just came into the thread. Was talking about the cost of his kids playing hockey when he moved to Vegas before mm. the Knights and then since the Knights. Oh, wow. Really? Tripled in cost. Yeah. Really? Trip. Oh, yeah. It's not getting more affordable. It's getting it's getting less affordable. More oh, expensive. that stinks. Yeah. yeah. I didn't realize it's, it. So it's, get, yeah. so it's getting like how it is around the country, like everywhere else. Correct. Yes. Yes. It's getting, it's very, very expensive. Youth sports in general. I mean, we lived the life. We, we did it. We paid the dues. We traveled. We did all that. And, you know, the result isn't always a scholarship. The result is more often than not a kid's coming to you their senior year and saying, you know what, I'm done. I don't want to play sports anymore. I want to have a life. I want to hang yeah. out with my friends. It's yeah. such a hard balance. But, yeah, this is uh, this is this is the good part of all of that. Kids get to college. They're playing. It's high-level talent. It's literally, you know, kids that are going to have a future in baseball. It's going to be a hell of a baseball game tonight. Do you like a side? I like, I think I'm going to bet wake forest tonight because I think without, if I need to find out what the plan is for LSU, if they're not going to throw their ACE, I'll bet wake to hedge on my LSU plus four fifty future that I've got. 
Right. And just make it back because then, if it, then if it happens again, I'll bet the other side. If, if LSU wins, and I can bet LSU tomorrow, so it's just it's. One hundred percent, you should do that. Yeah. yeah. So one hundred percent because the price isn't that expensive. Right. So you know, you're not laying how, three to one. You're, you're laying one forty. Right. See, the, this is what happens. Madeline is calling me during the show. <laughs> right. 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 I've got. I. You understand how many texts I just got trying to decide where breakfast is before we go. <laughs> And I'm like, I, you guys know I'm doing the show. I'm right over by the pool. Right. Uh, Maddie, we won't even come over. We're, yeah. we're on the show today, Madeline. Hi, Maddie. Hey, hi, say, Maddie. say, say hi, hi to Mister Dave. Hi. We're, we're on the air. I'll call you. I'll call you back later. afterwards. All right. Okay. All right. Bye, hon. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, goofball? They don't um, know. Yeah, she. Well, we're on. Technically, we're on a little earlier than we normally are on. So she right. was about 11.30 when we normally go on. She tried to catch me before we went on. Um, but speaking of where my daughter is, which is in Boston, you're in Arizona. Any word down there about the Suns trading DeAndre Ayton? Oh, we're going to go eat at the, at the local place. I'll ask around there. No, I saw this in the rundown and I thought, I can't wait to hear what you say because there's a lot of question marks about him and Huge what questions. went on. Right. And if I don't know if uh, he's ready for the Boston media and the <sighs> questions and everything that will come with that, if he doesn't produce, right. Um, as a Celtics guy, as somebody that's, you know, from Boston, do you want him on the squad? Oh, you're shaking your head. No, I don't. So the first rumor that popped up this morning was the fact that Jalen Brown was going to be signed and then traded, which cannot happen, by the way. So the person who's pushing that rumor out about Jalen Brown, it can't happen. Jalen Brown can't sign the max contract and then get traded. He has to wait a full season and then he can get traded. So that is not happening. FYI. Yeah. The. They could move him, but they aren't going to move him with a sign and trade. They would move him before they would pay him. So if Boston's going to pay him what he is due, which is a big contract, Supermax contract, you're not going to trade him. You can't trade him after for a year after signing him to that deal. The DeAndre Ayton situation, supposedly the Suns want Robert Williams. They said, okay, we'll give you Ayton in his big contract, but we want Robert Williams and other things. The Celtics allegedly countered with, with Malcolm, uh, with Brogdon and two first round picks is what they countered. Suns supposed to say no, said no to that. This is going to be wild because Aiton doesn't work anymore in Phoenix. He was a cancer last year. They've made the trade for Bradley Beal. They need to free up cap space. Otherwise, they're going to have you and me on the bench playing basketball for Phoenix. I ain't That's playing great. basketball for Phoenix. <laughs> Not even no. for the league minimum. <laughs> so they're going to have big it. problems unless they can free up some cap space somewhere. So that would be trading DeAndre Ayton, who obviously was a major distraction last year. Big right. problems with the coaching staff and the front office and everything else. But they He's blew not, it all out. It's all new coaching staff. It is. They still don't want them or they just float I, this out I, there. I think there's a lot of bad blood there between the organization and Ayton. Oh. I, 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 I think the organization is really ha- – they've had it. I think the fan base has had it with him. And I think they want a fresh start in, they want a big three. They don't want a big four. So they, but they know, I mean, if they go get Robert Williams, that's a tremendous role player who knows his role is going to play defense, block shots. And that's it. Aiton wants to score. Aiton gets ticked off because the ball doesn't go his way. He gets frustrated. Then he sulks. And then he sulks for like a week and a half. 
So he gets a big game and then gets mad and then he's gone. So I don't want him in Boston. I think your read about the media is correct. I think they would torch him. I don't think he would survive. And I also don't want a malcontent going in with a young head coach and a team that is still, you know, very live to win the Eastern conference. I don't want to upset the apple cart at all, to be honest. I want to leave it alone. I'm thinking about it. You're thinking about it from the Boston end. I'm thinking about it from the Phoenix end. Okay. If I'm Phoenix, but you can go look in the sports book to see who the favorite is to win the Western Conference and win the NBA championship. I got to beat Denver. Okay. I need somebody in the middle that's going to stop or at least slow down Joker and and make them change what they do. That's the all. I ain't worried about Boston. I ain't worried about nothing in the Eastern Conference. How do we beat Denver? That's what we're, that's our only measuring stick. It's just saying it every year about the Steelers. Steelers, you got to win your division, but you got to figure out a way to beat New England. And they never could figure out a way to beat the damn Patriots. It would always be the Lucy with the football explanation that you gave. We look like we got there. We go in. We're six-point dogs. We lose by 14 points, and I'm aggravated. Thinking the same thing with the Suns. Yeah. The Suns know, I think – I think, and again, I don't know because nobody knows shit, but, and that was for you, Will. That was loud. I tried to say it with passion. Just. I don't know if Phoenix, I think Phoenix doesn't feel like Aiton's kid, even with Vogel and a new that they don't think he's the guy to get them past Denver. So he got Well, I think go. they want a Robert Williams type, though. I think they want a defensive mind. That makes sense. That's it does make fine. sense. I get why Phoenix asked about him, but Boston's like, get out of here. We cultivated this guy. We waited four seasons for this guy to turn into what he is. Right. He's going to get his good years here, right? That's what you're not taking the stuff that we developed and we built him. And now you get him when you need him. Forget it. That's why Boston's like, get lost. It's not a good trade to go get DeAndre. And even though Aiton is way more talented, it would change the way Boston would play because Robert Williams is not an offensive minded guy. He's a go get the ball rebounder, put back guy. Aiton, you run plays for. Aiton, you would set him up. You want to have guys on the block. You'd want to give him the ball, clear out, let him score. That's not how Boston plays. Boston is a perimeter oriented team built upon the two wings. So I don't, that's why I don't think it works because it changes so, Boston but entirely. I mean, if you get Aiton, though, is he the next? kind of iteration after Warford. I mean, Warford's got to be close to the end. He's very close to the end. Boston wants to send him on the trade, but they don't want but Phoenix doesn't want him. So, yes. Uh, Aiton's got, I mean, Aiton is an upgrade to the position for sure. Yeah. It's just, I don't think it's the right upgrade for Boston. I, I think the point guard position is one. Marcus Smart getting traded this offseason, I think could really happen. There's a lot of talk about it. I think Boston wants a more offensive playmaking type of guard than Marcus Smart. I can't wait for you to go back and be back in the crucible and listen to all the non-stop Celtics stuff. Aren't I'm you excited my, about it? I'm going to lose my mind. I, I, already, I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to turn on Boston Sports Talk Radio and be like, I can't even. Like, I just can't even. Like, you all last one day. You I'll go crazy. I will, I, will, I will absolutely just shake my head at the nonsense that gets I spewed. I yeah, I'll be like, wait. okay, guys. Like, sure. Oh. And I mean, like, the, the, the biggest problem I'm going to have with Boston sports media is the gambling talk now that they're trying to do because <laughs> they're, because they're supposed to do it. And like, they feel like they have to do it and they have nobody who really, like I've listened to every show 
They have shows being hosted by friends of mine who I know for a fact, like where I was seven years ago, they aren't, they aren't even on that level as where I was when it comes to gambling. Like they are yeah. doing, doing this show because it's a paycheck and someone said, Hey, do you want to host a gambling show? And they're like, right. sure. They don't know anything about it. They've rarely ever been in a book in their entire life. And now here they are. So now, does that bother you now? Cause it doesn't really bother me, but it, like, are you trying to learn? Like, where are your learning curve? I was very lucky cause I lived here. Okay. Yeah. The people who are going to educate a Boston media type in Boston, you're either going to going to go talk to Jimmy and Johnny and Smitty at the bar and learn from them. Okay. Smitty. Or you're going to talk absolute bullshit out of your ass constantly and be and know nothing because you think you're going to say all the catchwords, all the keywords. You're going to say the reverse line movement. You're going to see all this crap that you think it sounds like you know what you're talking about, but you really don't know what you're talking about. So, you know, before I sat with you, I sat with Robert Walker. Before I yep. sat with Robert Walker, I sat with other people here in the in in, in the books to ask questions. Like I've had uh, a slow, slow and steady process to get to the school of Sherapan. But yeah. I had it before you. I had it with other people who I was, I was hosting podcasts with who were guys making numbers. I was in risks room. I, I mean, I saw different risk rooms when I was doing podcasts and it, I was, I was lucky. I mean, us bookmaking was going on. I was in their room whenever I went in there to do podcasts. I sat yeah. there and watched their operation as to how that they do. It. I couldn't like, I was laughing going like, wow, this is what a risk room looks like. This is tiny. Like what is going on? I couldn't believe it, but they, they're, they're running four States out of one room in Vegas. And I was like, this is, this is crazy. Yeah. But like, that's how I was able to learn. There's media members in Boston that will never have that experience. They will right. never be in a risk room because the risk rooms in Gibraltar. So like, they're not going yes, to no. be able to sit there and watch and how the sausage. Think, I don't made. think the station's going to send them to Gibraltar. <laughs> no, I'm just going to. I'm going to say no. It's probably not yeah. going to happen. So it's like, yeah. are all they care about? Like, well, one of the things that's been so fascinating as my as I developed as a gambling content person is a lot of people, the, the, the hiring people, the people who who own the platforms and the companies and the and the websites. Yep. They only care about if your bets hit. Like, do your bets hit the, the, the methodology, the, the thought process behind it, they don't really care. So what happens from that is that you end up seeing the roller coaster ride where the, when they're on, when they're hot, everyone loves it. But when the downturn comes, yeah. you can't explain what's going on. It's just, I'm losing, I'm losing. Oh no, I'm losing. Versus knowing that process. I used to always be so fascinated, like five years ago when Todd Furman would talk about the process of yep. trusting, trusting your process. Yep. And I was like, what the fuck does he mean? Trusting your yeah. process. Like I, I constantly was like, I just look at the line. I make my bet. Like, what does that mean? Well, the more you do it and the more that you live it every single year, you start to realize what your process is. You start to see what has worked in the past. You go mm -hmm. back to that two, that season, two seasons ago where you did really well. And you go, man, I'm not making the same type of bets I was making before. I'm not reading the same things I was reading as I was before. Yep. And that, was you know, a major eye-opening moment for me when I finally figured that out as to how, when I am going down a negative path, how do I write it? Because I'm doing something differently than I was before. Oh, so. yeah. And then there's times when you're doing the exact same thing. And losing. Yeah. And, well, you're, you're losing, but there's times you're doing the exact same thing and can't lose. You yeah. get on that heater, yeah. you know, like the NBA. Right playoffs i mean yeah. like it was just it was one of those ones and from the book's perspective you're doing the same damn thing every day and you go you know the guy comes in and have the meeting 
Why are we losing? Favorites won and game went over again. We'll, <laughs> right. we'll, we'll move the number. I try. They keep betting it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. In fact, point spreads are stupid. Yeah. My nine-year-old told everybody in the world, and yeah. he was right. It didn't matter what we made the point spread. They were still covering. Or the dog would just win outright. So now, what do you do with the sides? You lose. What do you do with the totals? Well, we used it as low as we could. We went to 214. They still bet us under. Why don't you make it lower? Because it would have been the lowest total in the history of the NBA Finals. Use it lower. Okay, we used 211. It went under. What do we do? Well, it went under again. Yes, everybody knows that every time the Heat were playing, it was going under. Can't help. No. Nope. So and no matter what the number is. Hard. Yes, yeah, it was just. It's because then one of those things put the number down. I mean, that that's where like, as I, not that I feel for bookmakers, but like the NBA is a prime example. Like it was either the dog one outright or it was a blowout in the favorite one easily. Like yeah. you put the line at 10, 11, 12. Well, the problem is that's when the dog covers and all of a sudden everyone on the pro side comes in and you're like, I have to make the number 12. Well, then all the money comes on the under and the game goes under and you're screwed. They win by 10 right. and you're right. screwed and you've lost. And like, that's where you see that process of like, you can't make the number what it should be because if you buy that happenstance, you put it too high. Now you're going to get beat on both ways by trying both to sides. play defense and getting beat on both sides of it. So it's yeah. instead of a meeting, you're having a, <laughs> Uh, an exit interview because you get fired. <laughs> That's the problem. So it's a it's a balancing act. Taking the best ain't that easy all the time. So yeah, the the process is great, and I I can't wait because I know I'm here in Arizona, mm. and my feed has been just cluttered with wait to you nonsense. Math is bad. I've heard it's it just it you can't even open it up because everything is a promoted tweet. For yeah. this book, that book, this offer, this. I showed Jessica. She's like, well, how do you block that? I said, I don't know. No, but you can't it, because you're you in your Twitter bio, you're mentioning gambling. Like all anything you do, you're a one. You can't block it. They got you. They know. I have not been back in my home state since they legalized. On Tuesday, I land. I cannot wait to see what I get when I land, how aggressively they come after me. Cause I, ha- it, I already have a DraftKings account. I don't have a FanDuel Massachusetts account. I have a WinBet Arizona account, not a mass account. I can't wait to see what they're going to come oh, at yeah, me with. You're going to, you're going to get them all. It'll, oh, yeah. it'll take one day of you being there talking, whatever. Yep, and tweeting. then the phone spies on you. And then you're, <laughs> right. you're, you're inundated, yep. inundated with these things in your feed. And it, it's so aggressive that it's uncomfortable. Like I know the difference, but I know that if yep. my kids were 22 and getting these things oh. and were bored, they'd go, you know what? I'm going to do this today. I'm going right. to do this today. Like I know who they're targeting and they're winning in that regard. I'm going to try if I can, I don't know if it's going to fit or not, but my brother lives in Western mass in Springfield, the bet MGM book out in Springfield. I'm, I'm very tempted to go out to check out that book to see what it looks like at MGM Springfield. It's probably going to look like the book here in Glendale looks like at the, by the stadium. It's going to be like a restaurant. Oh, the book, you know, similar. They, they're kind of doing that. Okay. And they're trying to take that at different, different places. So it's not a sports venue. I mean, like it's not yes. in the stadium in Glendale. It's across the street. street but right. That's the, that's the, it's the bet MGM branded sports book. The food is but. meh. 
it's, you know, and the book's right there. It's just, think of Chickie and Pete. Chickie and Pete yep. is our Vegas model for what's going on around the country. Six to one, bottom seven, bases loaded, two outs. Pirates trying to make it a game here against the Cubs. See if they can score any runs here. The over did come in with Toronto in Miami, so I got that right today. Over, again, Alcantara's totals. Alcantara, the books have not adjusted. They're making it seven. It's wrong. It should not have been seven. He's he's ERA home or road when he is starting. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. He's been borderline awful this year. So Toronto's, Toronto's up six to three. That game is nine. So that game's gone over. Um, and I've got a uh, Houston top of the first just started against the Mets. The Mets are threatening with two on and two outs top of the first. I've got a first five going there. First five run line for the Houston Astros at home against the Mets. Oh, they got out of it. So zero, zero. That's good. So end of end of one. So we'll, we'll watch those a little bit for us as well. So it's time for Otani watch. And this is going to make all angel fans really happy because he's not going anywhere. Dave, they are not trading him. The GM said it yesterday, highly unlikely to yep. trade Shohei Otani. If they remain in playoff contention this summer, which they most likely will. Yep. He did not unequivocally vow to not trade Otani, who is yep. going to be an unrestricted free agent coming up this off season. But he did say that it would take a lot for them to do it. He said, quote, it's pretty self-explanatory with where we are in the standings saying that, look at, you know, we're, we're right here. We're 41 and 34. We are leading the American league for wildcard spots, trailing the Texas Rangers by five games for the division. There are nine games back just two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Otani's turns 29 next month, 295. An OPS over one, 24 home runs, 58 RBIs on the mound. He's the MVP, the, the 2002 runner up for the MVP and the AL MVP in 2021. Six and two, 3.29 ERA, 105 strikeouts, six most in the majors, while his opposing batting average of 178 is the best in the bigs. Right call? There's no chance you want to be the guy that trades Shohei Otani to save some money when they're going to be the season that they can make the playoffs. I don't think it's a no-brainer. If I got to go down and I got to worry about, you know, being yeah. a shoe salesman after this, I'm never going to get another job if I'm the guy that traded him. Even if the Angels win a World Series in five years, I ain't going to be the GM. It ain't going to happen. So, Fair. no. If I mean, it's easy. If they're losing, we can have the discussion. They have a winning record. We'll see one month from now, right? When we get to that July 31st trade deadline, we'll know exactly where they stand in or out. I mean, they got to go bad, bad. Do they not though? I mean, for them not to be even in the conversation, to be so far out of it that you would trade Showhead, they got to, I mean, it's got to be like a two. 10 game losing streak. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're they're a 10 game losing streak or a three and 11 stretch in two weeks where they lose, you know, they, they, they're eight games under 500, and the rest of the division plays better than 500 baseball, and there's a big swing. I mean, I'm watching it right now with the Pirates. It's an eight-game losing streak. It might end the season for them. If this continues, and these other teams, thank goodness, aren't too far ahead of them. But, I mean, Texas is rolling. Texas Six, isn't three. going anywhere. 6-3 Cubs. Here, the remaining schedule, July 15th, is it, is it the, the trade deadline? 
right? 31st. And July, July. 31st trade. Okay. So here are the remaining series between now between, and the, between now and the all-star break. What do we got? Uh, the all-star break is which day? The 11th, July 11th. I think the game's the 13th. Oh, said, oh okay. So you want it because July 8th, it goes into July 8th is when. Okay. So that's fine for them. So it's, they play another game today against the Dodgers. The Dodgers, right. At the Rockies. Should take four, three, four game there. Four gamer against the White Sox at home. Take minimum two, so that's five. Okay. Three at home against the Arizona Diamondbacks. That's a tough series. Three on the road to San Diego. That's a tough series. And then two on the road at LA before they hit the eighth. They go back to play the Dodgers. Yep. At the end of the at the end. They come and out of the, the all-star all- break. Then the all-star break. They come out of the all-star break, and this is where things might get dicey for them up until the 30th. They play a three-game set against Houston. At home, a three-game set against the Yankees at home, three-game set against the Pirates at home. It's a nine-game homestand. Nine-game homestand, well, and then they play at five of those. at Detroit for three, at Toronto for three, and then at the Braves on the thirty-first of July. Wow, that's the. I mean, we'll know. We're, we're, as of right now, what is today? June 20th, June 21st, yep. June 21st, June 20, yep. 21st. They're not trading them as of July 21st. They might be trading. <laughs> I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I, I, I in order for them to trade Otani, they're going to have to be so bad. And I don't think they're going to be so bad he's over staying. the next month. He's I, staying. He ain't yeah, going I don't think he's going anywhere. I, I he mean, ain't going they, nowhere. I don't think he's going nowhere. Even after they're going to, I mean, and just keep him. Him Look, and Trout together for the next five to ten years. The Astros are forty and thirty-four. The Blue Jays are forty and thirty-five. The Red Sox are thirty-nine and thirty-five. Mariners are thirty-five and thirty-six. Okay. Yep. So I mean, and then you even include the Guardians if you want. In there, but you have three spots: Orioles, Yankees, Angels, currently occupying those wildcard spots. I, I, I mean, they're not going to be, you know, six games, seven games behind. The wild card. I, 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 just, I don't see it. I mean, they're not going to go, you know, they're playing 550 ball right now. They are seven games over 500 to be 10 games under 500 by the trade deadline. Don't see it. Don't see it. You want to go to lap pool? They do all these activities. It's great. They get everybody involved. All the kids get involved. Oh, that's nice. Try to get me to do a duck race yesterday. They blow up uh, duckies and right, have to push the duck to the end of the pool. What is the frozen t-shirt relay? Free otter pops if you win. Arizona things. What is an otter pop? I don't know. It's a, it's a frozen, uh, like a icing, like a frozen icy stick, you know, Cut off the top and oh, one of those things. Oh, yeah, they call yeah. that an auto pop. Uh, yeah. We call those ices. Yeah, those, yeah, uh, whatever the, they those are. Those are, are ices. Kids are It is time for the Brigade Proxy Service NFL story of the day. Before I love we. This segment. 
<laughs> before we do that, let me tell you what we did yesterday. We had a chance to go and meet a dude from Boston. Came Look on in. Guy. One of I our guys you. came in was good. Yeah. He is a New Englander. It was fun yeah. to hang out. He's wearing a Connecticut Suns jersey. Yo, what is that? He's wearing a Connecticut Suns Where jersey. Where did we get that? <laughs> what the hell? So, yeah. So, we, we, other than that, it was Jay. I love you, bud. It was good to hang out with you. It was good to spend some time with you and 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 just talk about sports and talk about what's going on in Boston yeah. and whatnot. So, it was cool to get down there last night uh, to get him signed up for the Circa Million. He's super excited about his first time running that. So that's going to be a lot of fun on this. So, DraftKings currently has the Patriots at even money to yeah. land DeAndre Hopkins. Right? Do you buy any of these markets? Because Vegas nope. does not put these markets up. So. Like, this feels like a guess to me. Oh, it's 100% a guess. Absolutely. Yeah, it's 100% a guess. Is it trying to get Patriot money to come in to get people to bet it? Like, what is, like, who is betting this? Who is betting the market for DeAndre Hopkins as to where he winds up going? Nobody. (laughs) Okay. I mean, uh, this is is a media-driven market. This is great to talk about. Nobody's betting this. Anyone that is, usually... I mean, it's a lot of small stakes. You keep the limits low. It's fun. Okay, that's great. I give them credit for trying to put it up. Maybe they'll take some bets. Maybe they won't. I don't know. There's no harm in putting it up if you manage it right. The harm in putting it up is that other people may copy it, and then it'd be wrong. It's guessing. It's 100% guessing. So what are the limits of this? 50 bucks? Uh, It depends. I mean, probably a lot of offshore places, it's 100 um, maybe it's maybe it's fifty bucks at DraftKings. Maybe I don't know. I mean, the bills, knowing. the bills are plus three fifty. The Titans are plus four hundred. Patriots are even money. I mean, that's they feel pretty strongly that the Patriots are going to land DeAndre Hopkins, even though he left their facility without getting a deal done. Wait, did they mention the Browns? Where where, where are the Browns? The Browns aren't really a part of this. The Brown, he's not going to the Browns. They don't have no? the money. The Browns don't have the money to pay them. They're pretty much locked up salary cap wise. Wow. All right. I don't know. I Again, do I believe it? No, I never did. I never do. I, I, I like to watch these things and go, oh, that's fun. That's a great <laughs> thing. I would never bet it and I would never want to book it. Thank God. Reason number 4 million, 4.1 million. Well, I'm glad I'm not in the book. I have to put this crap up. No, I don't want to even, I don't know. I'm glad we're doing the brigade proxy service segment <laughs> and every day and talking about football, at least for five minutes. <laughs> Do you want him on the Patriots? Of course. Do I want Stop him on the Patriots? Him. What? Of course I want him on the Patriots. Of course. Yes. This guy wants the ball, man. If he don't get the ball, it kind of causes problems. He'll get the ball a lot. Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien will give him the ball. Yeah, he'll get the ball a lot. Yeah, in a variety of different ways. Hopkins will get the ball. Ten targets a game, minimum. They run the ball a lot. They do, but they'll play action. But do you know that Mac Jones has one of the highest completion percentages in football on play action? This is what he does. He's unbelievable at play action football. You need a threat. You run the ball, run the ball, and then you got Hopkins one on one against the safety. Bam! Right, and that's that's the Patriot offense. That's what they want to run. When Mac Jones was a, was a you know when he was a um, a Pro Bowler, that's what yeah. 
That's what they did. That's what the Patriot offense was built upon was all on play action. He is right. way better than when he drops back and they have on throwing downs. Mac Jones is not great. Like, Third and nine, you know, third and seven. They know you're passing. Not great. Third and four, third and five. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. The uh, chat wants to know how many otter pops otter pops are you going to consume before the drive home? So what we're going to do is a frozen t-shirt relay. What the hell is a frozen t-shirt relay? I'm guessing they have frozen t-shirt. Like frozen t-shirt. Yeah, like rolled up in a ball? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess. <laughs> That's tremendous. Very ambitious. These, these two girls that have been here all week in charge of the activities are perfect. They're doing a hell of a job, trying their best to get the people involved. It's just, it's 103 degrees out right now. I burned the bottom of my feet walking on the non- can you, of the can you see that? Right? I, don't know, I don't know if you can see that. Can you see that? What is that? 83 degrees. Oh, it's hot as hell here. Now. It's 83. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, we're not doing that here. You're going to get a 20 degree difference in temperature when you guys get up here. That's great. I can't wait. It's a complete, yeah. completely different. I mean, we're only four hours away, but a completely different situation. Yeah. Um, no. So I don't know about the otter pups. I don't know. I'll ask on the way out, but if they're if they're in the middle of it, I don't know. They just texted me and said, are you done with the show? I said, I haven't texted them back because I can't touch the thing. We got about 15 minutes left, right? And then we're done. Oh, yeah. Is that all right? Oh, yeah. yeah. We're good. 13, 14 minutes. Right. I, I don't, this is so strange. People that are now texting me with area codes that I don't know really? saying, I'm landing in Vegas today. I'll be in Vegas till Sunday. Yeah. You want to go out? To, you want to hang? You want to hang out? Oh, <laughs> I don't know who you are. Not on my phone. I don't know who you are. And I feel really, I feel really bad saying who is this <laughs> whenever somebody says that. Don't feel bad. Ask if you I don't know. know. I mean, only because your situation is different in 2023 than it has been for a while. I don't know how to tell you this, but you know, and you keep posting pictures, you and Jay, and the first thing that people notice is like. Damn, P-Roll's in good shape, man. I mean, even your legs look skinnier. So there might be somebody sending you to these texts like they want to hang out. There might be a title shot. You didn't even uh, have a fight schedule. You know no. what I'm saying? Uh, I'm just, yeah. eh. I don't know. We'll see. I'm, we'll see. I'm just, I don't Brigade know. Proxy Service, get a back on task. At Sign up. Email at Brigade Proxy on Twitter. Brigade Proxy is uh, at gmail.com to send us an email just to register, sign up, tell us when you're coming in, be a part of it. It should be a lot of fun for us on this. It's all right. 10 more minutes and you're you're done. Uh, We discussed this. Can I hear you? Turn everything down. No, no, no. I muted the mic. Oh, okay. I can mute the mic while you're talking. Oh, there you go. So I can hear you and the crowd and the audience can hear you. Oh, good. And then when I talk again, I'll hit the mic. All right. So we discussed this yesterday. So Ben MGM made the announcement today that they are officially closing the the book at the Great American Ballpark, and they are moving the book to a location closer to people into Cincinnati, where they will have a new sports book on the corner of Second Street and Joe Nux Hallway. No clue where, where that is, but it's going to have a Fourth Nation kitchen, bar, and restaurant which will be open to patrons of all ages. It will be open for uh, 365 and 
they will have a 21 plus area for kiosks and windows to be open for sports betting as well as having TVs. Are we already seeing the idea that having a book at a facility ballpark stadium is a bad idea? Told these people it was a bad idea five years ago. I've been saying it the whole time since. Ain't nobody been listening. All they got to do is reach out to at sports BK six <laughs> or at sports talk, Matt, they can come on the show. We'll let them tell us on the show why it's a good idea. And I will tell them why it's not. And you will be my hype man and say, you know what? He might know some shit. I'm just saying he might, he might not. I don't know. It's a bad idea. Okay. It's great on game day. It's awesome. And even then on game day of the, say there's 30,000 people at the ballpark. How many people bet? 10%, right? Mm 3,000. Okay. Now, how many of them are going to go to the ballpark sports book to hang out when they're with their family or they're with their kids or this or that? Maybe a third of them. It's a small, 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 small number of people that need to do this. Now, you knew this as well as I knew this about the story at Great Mm. American Ballpark. Because I was just that great American. Right. Ball you told us. And yeah, I you went, went to, and asked. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, how's it going? And he's like, they're moving. What do you mean they're moving? Well, there's nobody here. Nobody yeah. comes. The guy working at the book, writing the tickets, closes the book when the game starts and goes down and sells hats and T-shirts and jerseys the rest of the day. I was like, wow, that's really stinks. And it's not even a full-time job then. He said, no. Right. It's not a full-time right. job. The food better be good, P-Roll. Joe Nuxhall, well, you know who Joe Nuxhall was? Joe Nuxhall was great historical Reds, oh. um, I think, announcer. I don't know if he ever played for the team, but he was Joe Nuxhall's, I believe, an announcer uh, okay. for a long time in Cincinnati. Put so it last- in the chat. Last week, WCPO Channel 9 in Cincinnati reported that BetMGM was looking to move on with the Great American Ballpark, noting it was the only retail sportsbook in Ohio that was not profitable. According to revenue reports from the Ohio Casino Control Commission, the sportsbook took a net loss of over $8,000 from January through April. Additionally, the sportsbook was the site of the highly publicized scandal tying betting to the University of Alabama, they got the head coach of Alabama fired. That's where the book, mm. that's where the bets were placed. So sort of a win-win to kind of move away from all of this and right. get away and get away from it and kind of start clean. I'm going to say this again, and I, I'm going to reiterate this and anybody who works for Hooters or Twin Peaks or TGA Fridays. If I have a multiple site location with a brand that is not resonating with younger people, I am putting a sports book in my plans or renovations or whatever. I am building a 21 plus betting area for every property in a legalized state in America. Every Hooters, every Twin Peaks, every TJ Fridays, every Olive Garden, all of them. I am doing that as much as possible in order to have because bars are 21 plus. Uh Oh, Dave kicked himself out. <laughs> you kicked yourself out. <laughs> you kicked yourself out there for a second. Um, I know, but you got kicked out though. You came back in. You, got, you kicked out. But I mean, what bars have always been? When you go to a, a TGI Fridays, is a, a bar. And oftentimes, you got to be twenty-one to sit at the bar. 
So why couldn't you have a betting area, a kiosk area, a book set up in all of these properties that serve you food? Don't it. Everybody has the own. Why do you need a physical location? What is the benefit? Kiosks. We can watch the game together. But you, people like you some don't people don't need a physical location. Some people don't want the record. Some people don't want. They want the physical ticket. They don't want the record. You understand this now because you've been doing this. Uh huh. This is way better. They don't want no doubt. So I there love people who the don't, physical ticket. People don't want the record. They don't want the tracking. They don't want Apple knowing. They don't want anyone knowing where they are, where they place the bet or who they bet on. They don't want that transaction because every time you hit accept and you download an application and you accept the terms and conditions, no one reads the fucking thing. <laughs> no one reads it. They all just say yes. And inside the terms and conditions, it lists, we get to know everything about you. We get to mine yeah. your data, your health yeah. data, your location, how often you take a dump in the morning. Like We, we get to know everything. And, yeah. the, and we all accept this. So if you're someone who bets a lot, someone who doesn't want your tracking, you don't, don't want the books and or other people to know, wives, ex-wives, whomever, as to what you're doing, <laughs> the, pa- the paper ticket's better. There's no it's one knows. way better. Listen, I'm, I'm in favor of it because it creates real jobs for people writing the tickets, the supervisors, the people that got to be in charge of the TVs. I love the physical book location for the right reasons. But I saw it here. It happens here. The books here are spectacular, some of them. They're empty 300 days a year. They're busy 65 days a year. The other 300, they're ghost towns, unless there's some big story or major event in town and it trickles in, okay? But, like, I've worked at the some of the biggest joints in town. There's a lot of days where you're like, man, I could light a bomb off in here and nothing would happen. It wouldn't get anybody. We could shoot arrows through here and it would catch two or three strays. Like, that's it. There's yep. nobody in here. Those are long days. We were in, we were down here in Arizona. There's a couple of places I might swing by and take the kids out before we leave to Weekapa. I want to oh. show them where it is, what nice. it is, because it's a nice place to come and get away. Right. And it has a sports book in that restaurant we ate at was good. It was. I thought we had a good meal there. Yeah. And we can go in there. So, Oh, I'd stay I there. Know. I would stay there. I mean, I, I thought that place was awesome. I, that, yeah. that, that's exactly what I like. <laughs> Golf, easy, good food. Let's go. I mean, in away from stuff with a yeah. nice, I mean, it was, it was very nice. Yeah. So I think, I mean, there's a lot of different things that the industry is going to go through. This is one of them. They're going to rush to put books in places. And then the people that did those deals are going to move on to greener pastures and cash out. And the people that are coming in are going to go, wait a second, let's look at the reports one year. Why are we not doing any business here? What? Let's change this. And they're going to change some marketing thing and they're going to get try to people to get to go and it's not going to work. And they're going to do what you said then. They're going to go to established brands and say, wait a second, a Hooters slash uh, Buffalo Wild Wings slash BetMGM Sportsbook would be a great partnership. That's what's going to happen. Next. And it should happen. I mean, I, I mean, again, Hooters is a dying brand that needs a refresh, that needs some new new blood to right. go in there. I mean, if I was, and I get it, it's a Southern company. There's some 
uncomfortable. I've read about it saying that there's some people who, who are higher ups at Hooters. They're uncomfortable with gambling. Like they're fine with tits, but they're not comfortable with gambling. Sure. Okay. Whatever. Doesn't make sense. Right. A little bit. (laughs) It makes absolutely no sense. sense. It's like, Hey, we're looking, you know, uh Oh, lost Dave again. Uh Oh, hold on. Stop touching stuff. I'm not doing it. You're doing it. I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. You got kicked out. Come back in, kicked out, come back in. All right. We're good. It's, It's, but I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's a weird deal. Hooters people getting mad at us. It's just strange to me that like, they're not, <laughs> you'll put young women in very scantily closed orange, you know, weird looking shorts. And then you'll say, okay, we can't do gambling. We're just not cool with gambling. Okay, sure. Right. But that's what I would do. If, if I own Twin Peaks, if I own Hooters, if I own any type of brand that is uh, not resonating with younger people, I would try very hard to figure out different ways of getting them in and using sports betting as a way to get a 24 year old into my establishment to hang out longer times, watch a game, make a bet, blah, blah, blah. But you're right. The phone for young people would definitely, they've not figured out the paper ticket thing yet. They will at some point as the more that they bet, they'll figure it out and they realize it. Okay. Let's, you know, because it kind of goes right. They figure out the credit thing. Well, that guys offer betting on credit. Well, the, the problem is this, is, is this young people, NFL players among them, young people don't realize that you're tracked. You're tracked. Always. Your phone is a walking beacon. It's a tracking mechanism for everything yes. you're doing, where yes. you go, what you do, how often it's a, tr- it's literally a digital record of your life. The NFL has no desires to change their policy whatsoever. Even though the PA no. is asking them to no. wait a minute, can guys bet at the facility? And the NFL is saying, no, <laughs> we like the ability that when you're on our Wi-Fi, we mine all your data <laughs> and we know everywhere you're going. We know yes. what you're on, what yes. site you're on and where yes. you're doing it from. So fair or foul? I think it's fair because you're telling them ahead of time. So just it's draw, not just draw the line and stick to it. That's what yeah. I'm at with. It. It's, it's not line. clandestine you, for that reason. You know, now when we're on the road, now I can't do it. You know, I'm at, the, I'm at the team hotel. I can't do it. We're starting to extend a little bit where I know right. if we're at the facility, it's out. It's, yes. I don't even want to even look at the stuff. I won't even bother. You know, I'm good while I'm at work. But then a lot of conversations at work say, hey, you know, did you see the point spread of the, the, the game, the other division? That's pretty crazy. Well, now you, well, I'd, I'd like to bet that if I can't, I'm here. I got to wait till I get home. Well, the number's gone. Who knows the conversations that will go on? I just think if you tell them ahead of time, that's step number one. Now the enforcement thing is step number two, right? You got to really monitor this. And because every loophole in the world, we both have kids. They'll find ways around. Right? They'll find ways around. Oh, yeah. 100%. 100% they'll find ways around it. It's true. This will be a quick one for better because the games all are underway at the moment. So yep. let's tell you what I've got. I have the, the I have the Houston Astros first five run line, two nothing bases loaded top second for the Mets. Astros leading in the second straight inning. Javier big trouble. He got out of it first. Not sure he's going to get out of it here in the in the top of the second with the bases loaded. So that's one bet. I have the uh, Cubs on the money line. At it's eight to three now. Chicago is going to give the, the Pirates their ninth straight loss. Sorry. <laughs> that's, oh, that's, it is what it is. I mean, I got to go to Miami and shake it off. That's it. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. And then I bet I bet the over 
on the Marlins game that hit. So as of right now, I could go three and zero on nice. my bets in Major League Baseball for the day today. The only other play that I'm thinking about making, once we find out about Paul Skeens for the LSU Tigers, if he's not pitching, I will bet Wake Forest at minus one forty five, betting it or booking it. There you go. Um, now I have I a plus. Would, I have a I have a half a unit bet a yeah. plus four fifty on LSU to win yeah. the whole thing. So, so you have to bet this. And like Butchie's yeah. watching, deuces to you down there. I know you're an LSU guy too. He's getting mad. He said, you know, be careful talking about the people in the South because they bet too. They do, they do. gamble. But, they do. You know, they, they gamble they a ton. Be just illegally, they, right? Yeah, they got to be <laughs> right. Exactly. They got to be careful who they align themselves with company yeah. wise. Um, this would be a good baseball game. I'll be on the road, probably listening to it. Or yeah, tonight. um yeah, or or hopefully home in time to watch the middle innings to the end. This would be a good this would be a good one to watch. I'd say bet this. I think the winner of this game wins the national championship. Oh. Florida's the only other Florida. team I've seen. Florida's the only right. other team that could be in the conversation. But LSU with their arms can beat Florida. They beat Florida this year. And then Wake Forest with their arms can beat Florida as well. So right. I, I I think I've all I said it okay. pre tournament. The winner of that side of the bracket was winning the whole thing. I you still did? think that. And okay. I, th- I I think Wake Forest and LSU, I think these two teams are going to battle tonight. If Wake wins, I think Wake very well could win the national championship. They've been the number one team all year. I hope it's LSU just because I think they're an awesome story. And I like long for my friends in Omaha. The bar tabs are way better with LSU <laughs> in town than, than, than with Wake Forest. No offense, Demon Deacons. I don't know how much you guys drink, but no one drinks like the Cajuns. Nobody does what they do. They're, they're fun to do. Favorite thing about today as we wrap your Arizona experiment. Uh, this is good. One. Three days, by the, the way. Show I can't the believe this. Three three days from the from the hotel. It's pretty good. We'll be able to take the show on the road. Well, now, the next thing project will be you to show me how to be the host while you're in Boston. And oh, no. I can host the show. Oh, no. that's a horrible. That's a horrible idea. I, I'll show and, you. That's and a you're horrible. on remote. Is it bad? Oh it no! If I'm on the show, I'm hosting. Oh, I'll always, okay. Right. I'll always no, drive fine. it. Okay. Yeah. If okay. I'm on, no, 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 we're fine. driving. Like Tuesday, we can't do it because I'm in the air. I land. Right. I leave it. I fly at nine thirty in the morning, yeah. and I'm right. It's a whole, the whole day. So Tuesday we can't do the show, but then Wednesday, Thursday we'll be able to do the show. Oh, if we're able, that's awesome. Okay. So, fr- so you'll be I'm able trying to, to figure get the out. Yeah, I'm trying we'll to figure, figure out. out. Okay. I know we can do one show for sure when I'm in Boston. Okay. I'm trying to figure out right. if we can do um I want to do fr- I want to tr- I'm trying to figure out Friday because I want to do roll call Friday. So I'm trying to figure that out still on, so on that. You can week. go sit in one of the books like this and do it like that from on location and test it. I don't know. Maybe how fast don't tell are you want because you're on your phone. I'm just on my phone. I'm just yeah, on a regular I, I'm not on yeah, I, mean, I need my I, computer. I don't know if I'm on Wi-Fi or nothing. No, I, you're, I understand. You're on the service. You're on a you're on five G service. Yeah, That's I am. what you're on. I am, yeah. yeah. That's really fast. I will need to be on Wi-Fi, which could be problematic. <laughs> in my right. house, it's no problem. I can just tap into my house and do it. I'll do it from my house in Andover. That's, okay. that's easy. That's easy. The right. Friday show could be in Maine, and that might be a little bit of a weird one. But we'll, well we it pulled it off. My favorite yes, thing did. about today is it's day number three. We pulled it off. Different locations here at the resort. Uh, the uh, Canyon Villas next to the JW Marriott down at Desert Ridge in Phoenix has been great. Got to spend some time with my family and all my uh, my three daughters, my other five nephews and nieces, my two sisters, my one brother. Brother Dan didn't make the trip this time. This is his busy time of the year. He couldn't come, but it's been awesome. And now I get to drive home and I put on my travel hat. You asked me before if I have something that's a slump buster or yep. anything like this. 
you guys might see me on Twitter at SportsBK and say, this has become my travel hat. Wherever I go, it's the Harlem Globetrotters Baby Blue Edition. I always put that in. I took it to Arizona when we did and did the shows down here. I took it back east. I took it to uh, see Brother Doug. I took it to Seattle. I wear it on the plane to and from. This is like my guardian thing. This is my comfort thing. When I'm traveling, this is the travel hat. So Globetrotter hat on. We're headed out for a quick bite to eat. Kiss Grandma goodbye. Say hello and goodbye to my nephews and nieces that are leaving. The ones that are staying, we're saying goodbye to them too. It's been a long few days. And then we're out back on the road there to Las Vegas. Favorite thing about today. Uh couple of quick things first florida's up two to one on tcu that game in the bottom of the third that's the double elimination tournament if florida wins they go to the championship round um or yeah they'll knock out tcu tcu is two and one florida's two and oh so must win game for tcu uh eight to three right now three runs in for the mets now three to two so i may have jinxed that a little bit the mets got three runs off javier need the Astros to score three more runs themselves to be up. Oh no, I guess four to three. So I had two more runs here for the Astros uh, to sweep it. Otherwise it's, it's a two and one day for me um, betting baseball on that. The breaking news before we go, Shams what? is reporting. Uh-oh. The, the Wizards, Celtics and Clippers are, oh. in str- are on strong talks for a trade that would send Christoph Porzingis to the Celtics. Marcus Morris in draft compensation to the Washington Clippers, Washington Wizards, and Malcolm Brogdon to the LA Clippers. Sides are working through the details as well as Porzingis' $36 million player option. Porzingis to the Celtics? We're getting the I mean, the one thing what? about Bo- one thing about Boston is they are so on brand for the white guys in the NBA, man. Like what it's, in the hell. I love this. Porzingis to the Celtics. Are you serious? This would be unbelievable. The boy can't stay healthy. If he stays healthy, though, they're the there's Don't give inside. me a dog if I'm you. He ain't a dog. He can be. Przingis can be really good. He can be really, really good. I like that trade. I like that trade a lot. I like that trade a lot. All you're giving up is Malcolm Brogdon, and you're getting Christoph Przingis. You serious? Oh yeah. Robert Williams in the middle, Porzingis at the four, Brown in Tatum, and Marcus Smart at the one. Oh, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. I like it a lot. Yeah, I'm in. Let's go. Going to score 150? Yes. going to be like Phoenix. Ain't nobody playing no defense. NBA's not about defense anymore. Robert Williams plays really defense. He, he, he's your rim protector. You got Robert Williams to block shots. He's your guy. Got to score 150. I love it. Thinking about making it totals. <laughs> Sports great. Thank you so much. We'll back back tomorrow. Dave will be back in Vegas tomorrow. If you guys are live on YouTube and Twitter as well, we appreciate it. We will talk to you for a Thursday's bus. Tony Merchant, the book coming up tomorrow. Bye, Arizona.